All right. Something else we need to discuss is the little tiff that we saw between Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy going into the half. They had some words. Do we think this is a big deal? No deal. We've seen this happen before. I don't think it's a big deal. What do you guys think? I mean, Andy's telling you it's not a big deal. But as we discussed on last last week's episode, people lie. Andy's <laughs> like, if you heard the words, that was not a disagreement. I'm like, but I can see their faces and their mouths. And it looks like what people do when they disagree. Nick, I don't think you're like this, like this. And you're like, I do think that's a great point. We should actually just go into halftime and just <laughs> run the ball. Nobody acts like that if it's not a disagreement. It's look, it's fine that they disagree. Mahomes obviously didn't want to run it and just give up on the half because they had 30 seconds. And he thought, give me a chance to get the ball. And in fairness, if they had had to punt there, the Colts weren't going to try to score. They were perfectly fine with what that score was going into half, and they would have been fine going into half with that score. So Mahomes is right. EB chickened out. He decided, no, we're not going to do this, and we're not going to try to score. And as you know, because they lose by three, that could be the difference between a win and a loss. But I to your think- point, what if they were talking about something else? Like maybe Bianami went with Allstate instead of State Farm. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. they had a disagreement over insurance as they That's- get to the half. That- that's probably what Chris Jones and Matt Ryan were talking about. Too. <laughs> He's like, you know, if you I, actually win the Super Bowl, the Colts this year, you can get all those endorsements like your boy, Matt Stafford. <laughs> Honestly, short of a physical confrontation, I don't care at all that people in a competitive environment are arguing in the midst of something that's not going their way. Right. I would almost be more concerned if they didn't have disagreements. Like you've got a play caller and a quarterback who want to win a Super Bowl and they're getting their ass kicked by a bad team on the road. Yeah, I would I, I would imagine there's going to be some frustration and disagreements there. And here's the here's the, the big part of it. We'll never know what they're arguing about. So to sit here and act as though it's a big deal that they're having uh, they're not seeing eye to eye on something. OK, cool. Well, unless we've got sources in the locker room that are going to tell us exactly what was said, we're just going to be left to speculate. And in the world of sports, coaches, players, have disagreements, have arguments. I don't care at all. That is a, that's a nothing burger for me. That's it's not like, I don't look at that and say, well, I wonder if uh, Patrick Mahomes and Eric B are, you know, having problems or not on the same page all the time. If there was a real problem between Eric B and Patrick Mahomes, Eric B wouldn't be here anymore. They, they would have already solved that problem. His contract expired at least once, maybe twice in the time. They just wouldn't have renewed it. They wouldn't even have to make the argument. Some other team in the NFL would have scooped him up pretty quickly. He'd have gone to some other team. And they'd just been like, you know what? We hope that Eric Bietamy finds new life in this new location. And maybe that's going to drive him towards the head coaching thing. Like, I don't view it as this like larger picture of, oh, they're doing it. But I think that they were wrong. Like, I think that Patrick Mahomes was right. And honestly, this goes back to, the, you know what this is, Nick? This goes back to the week one conversation we had about Russell Wilson and why we couldn't for the life of us understand that when they were getting ready to kick that like 98-yard field goal, he was just like, cool beans, guys, good luck. Hope the kick goes in. And he didn't seem like he had a problem with it. He didn't seem like he wanted to come on the field or argue that he deserved to be on the field. Like in Mahomes' case, we want that. He should always want to go for it. He should argue constantly to go for it. And it takes the coaches in those moments to be like, hmm, not the time. And I think the way Eric Bieniemy was probably looking at it, Kayla, was the, the argument of this has not been a good half. There have been a thousand miscues, and I'm not going to let a miscue happen now. We're in the lead. 
that's fine. I'll see you in the third quarter. That's honestly how I think EB was thinking about it. It, it, You know, that's how I view it. And it looked like Andy kind of had to intervene too. Well, this reminds me of the champion conference championship game last year. Didn't Mahomes get in Andy's face about not going for it and instead going for the field goal? Well, and and to your point, Kayla, there's been rumors that Mahomes and EB weren't on the same page for a while. I've heard that, that was, yeah. That was one of the things that came out of that AFC title game is that people were trying to report the stories that Mahomes and Biennemi weren't getting along. That's why they thought maybe Biennemi's contract wouldn't be renewed. But again, if they didn't, if it was that big of a deal, would he be the offensive coordinator in 2022? His contract was done. They could have walked. They, they could have just went away. I, I don't... I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like that this is the big genesis of the problem, but because look, Nick and I might disagree with things before we go on the air. We might not see eye to eye on a topic or an issue or discussion. And it might come like, it might be a bit chippy or, you know, like, but it doesn't mean that we can't work together or there's some bigger problem in there. I just think that they're frustrated right now with the way they're playing offense. And I don't think that that's unfair to be worried about. And to Nick's point, healthy relationships do have arguments. It's a matter of whether or not they can forgive and move on. And hopefully this doesn't affect things going down the road. Did you see the Jets game where uh, I wasn't watching? I just saw on social media. One of the players and the coaches were in each other's faces, like screaming. At least we didn't get that. Yeah, I mean, and I guess if it was like Antonio Brown or something, I would be more worried about it being an issue down there. Or I don't know. Did you guys all see Ken Dorsey? absolutely lose his mind at the end of the Bills game. <laughs> his papers. And then like the one staffer decided to like cover the camera. He's like, you know, what? <laughs> and that's the end of that conversation. And now it's all over the internet. It's like, oopsie, I knocked it over. I guess that's the end of the video of our guy losing his mind. <laughs> does, does the, in all seriousness, does the fact that the Bills lost today, does that soften the blow for the Chiefs? Yes. I mean, they're not apples to apples. The Bills lost to a team in Miami that might actually be pretty good. And the Chiefs lost to a team that got blown out by the Jaguars last week. So I know that they're not the same, but the fact that there's some like company and misery, maybe maybe that makes you feel a little bit better heading into Monday. It softens, it softens the blow, certainly, yes. Well, I think that it's just like anything else. You're right, Nick, that from a public-facing perception – they're not created equal, nor should they. But from a win-loss perspective, they are. If this somehow matters that the Chiefs lost to the Colts for the number one seed, for their record in the division, more importantly, or any of those, you know, like, who cares? Like, it was nice that the Raiders lost today, too. So even though you dropped a bad game, the Raiders are 0-3. They're, they're out of the division. It's done for them. I already thought it was done for them last week, but it's done done now. And in, in the spirit of, uh, of openness, we're recording this right after the game. So right now, we don't know if the Chargers are going to lose their game, but they're down 13-7 to the Jags, and if they lose, then you'll feel even better. All right, Chargers go down, Bills go down. The only remaining undefeated team is Miami, and Tua, I don't know, the NFL says it's investigating how Tua handled his concussion because he couldn't walk, and then, I don't know, 10 minutes later was playing a football game. So, I mean, it's fine. You can come out of things feeling good, even if it went bad for your team, because the rest of the league sometimes will help you out. Okay, I feel like we need a bit of a palate cleanser. Um, we got Probably. an announce. We got an announcement during the morning slate of games, early slate of games, if you will, and that is that Rihanna is the official halftime show of this year's Super Bowl. Are we excited about this? Okay. I thought it was Taylor. I thought it was Taylor Swift. 
Well, you guys, something you need to know about me. I am a huge Swifty. And when that rumor was circulating at the end of last week, I got so excited because she has never been able to do it because it's been the Pepsi halftime show. Well, she has a deal with Coke or Diet Coke. So she's never been able to do it because of the contracts and rights and all of that. So then we find out that it's the Apple Music halftime show now. So everyone immediately was like, mm. oh, it's going to be Taylor Swift. This is why she's never been able to do it. Now she'll finally get her chance. And then today, Rihanna's like holding up the football. Here I am. I'm so a little sad okay? because yeah. no. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I was really hoping it'd be Taylor. Let's, but, but let's be, I'll be honest too. Rihanna's better. She's a better musician. <laughs> You're not better performer. She's a better performer. She's a better have musician. You, Cody, have you been to a Taylor Swift concert? Uh, I no. God, have I been to? Ta I have to think. I've been to a lot of weird. Con I don't know. I haven't. I was trying to think. I was like, I don't think so. No, I've never been to a Taylor Swift concert, so I guess I can't speak to that. But I guess I've seen clips of both of them. So I mean, I feel like from a performance standpoint, Rihanna's got to win here. Well, right. I mean, puts on a show. They both do. She'll she'll put on a great performance. I have no doubts. I just feel like her music isn't like halftime show. I want like. I mean, I'm not saying she doesn't have fast upbeat stuff, but just like light, happy pop. I have no problem with light, happy pop. I listen to plenty of it, but it doesn't <laughs> feel like Super Bowl halftime music. Like Rihanna's music feels more like Super Bowl halftime music. Isn't 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 Taylor Swift's catalog filled with breakup songs though? Like that's not the demo for a halftime show at a Super. Yes Bowl. and no. It depends on what she was going through in that time of her life. She also transitioned from country to mainstream and pop at you know a few years ago. So she's got the upbeat poppy stuff that doesn't necessarily have to do with breakups. I feel like I don't want to have, I don't want to push this any farther with you, Kayla, because I feel like you'll destroy me with Taylor Swift facts. If I just, come we didn't with know some BS. Yeah. I also knew that she transitioned as a country music performer, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I know everything about her personal life. She dated like John Mayer for a bit, right? Like every other female pop star. Dear John, one of her best songs came from that break. Dear John, like she didn't even hide it, by the way. You nope. imagine writing a song and just being like, this is a breakup song. And then most of the time people pretend that it's not about that. And then they're like, no, it's called Dear John. You just broke up with someone named John, right? Yeah, it's definitely about him. Not. <laughs> and do you know what's so great about that song? She even plays the guitar in that song. I don't know if she's playing, but the guitar player is playing the guitar like John Mayer does in that song. It's so good. Her level of petty is just my favorite. She'll always get the last word. Maybe she can just like show up in a cameo because they all have cameos. I was. They always do that. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to be with Rihanna? Do we think she's going to bring someone else out? Probably. I am openly ho hoping for one that makes no sense, uh, except for very few people who enjoy a, a television clip in Tom Holland. I'm. I, if you haven't seen Tom Holland perform Rihanna's Umbrella, you are doing yourself a complete disservice. I have. It's. It's. Write this down. It's incredible. For a guy who's not a professional musician or it's li he's lip syncing it, but the dance he does in relation, it's it's amazing. It's it's it, it's an amazing clip. Nick's looking very skeptical. Watch it, Nick, and then tell me if you think it dislikes. I no, I've review. seen the clip. I've okay. seen the clip. You look okay. so defensive. I'm going to share my fun fact for today. Uh, can you guys believe this? Rihanna was the halftime performer at the Brute Sun Bowl my freshman year of college between the Mizzou Tigers and the Oregon State Beavers. Like, that's quite a rise. She was the halftime performance in 2007. What year? That was 2007? No, no, it was 2006. That's it? I mean, she hasn't put on wow. new music since then. Isn't really. that crazy? We Look were like, oh, Rihanna. And then she just, like, blew up from there. Wasn't it, like, it was just... It was just this year that Creed was the halftime performer at like an Arizona State game. 
the barstool like bowl game, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like that's right. He, the, he, she was essentially on like like Creed, like Creed twenty years after their prime halftime shows, and now she's doing the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That does seem like a nice come up. I'm not gonna lie. Good for Rihanna. Good for having Rihanna. a having a kid, having success. Feels like a good year for her. Well, I know my palate's been cleansed. All right, great. <laughs> Let's close out the show with our <laughs> winners and losers from today. I don't even know where we want to go with this. Who wants to start? I'll start. Okay. My winner for today from the Chiefs game is the Miami Dolphins because they have Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs don't. And the Chiefs and Brett Veach made a decision. We'll see how it pans out. But as of right now, you know, three weeks into the season, I'd probably like to be on the other side of the coin, the side of the coin that has Tyreek Hill wearing number 10 in your jersey and running down the field and catching passes from Patrick Mahomes instead of Tua Tungavailoa. That's just me personally. It's easy for me to say this now because Orlando Brown Jr. just had his worst game as a Chief. And that was basically, basically the decision that the Chiefs made is that we're not going to give Tyreek Hill $30 million a year because we have a plan around the offensive line. We think our quarterback's good enough to get the job done. We're going to piece the weapons together. We're going to spend our money elsewhere. As of right now, I'm kind of wishing they had spent that money on Tyreek Hill. Now, this is revisionist history because at the time I said you can't pay a wide receiver $30 million. But now I'm I'm willing to, to walk that one back. I think it's actually okay if you spend $30 million on a receiver because they could use him against Indy. You didn't list a winner yet, so we can circle no, back to that. The, or who's the, the Dolphins? Who's the loser? Who's the loser? Who's the loser? The Chiefs. Oh, okay. Well, okay. no, I'll get more specific. Um, I think Orlando Brown Jr. was the loser from today's game. I think his argument for getting the money that he's going to want this offseason is becoming increasingly more difficult to make because he's not just asking to be paid like a top left tackle. He wants to be the top paid left tackle in football. And I don't know how you can justify that after getting your butt whooped against the Colts. If it's not him, it's Matt Amendola. They might not let him on the plane. Like just catch him over, man. It's <laughs> fine. It's not that much. Like eight hours. It'd be fine. Just send us the bill. <laughs> We're not, they wouldn't let him kick today. It's not that he failed in every moment. He obviously failed. He missed an extra point and he missed a kick. And that's the difference of them winning. If he makes his extra point and he makes his kick, guess what? The Chiefs win 21 to 20 or 19 to 20, or they lose because they also, or like the Colts actually have to convert a two point conversion or something. They lost the game also because of him. And whether Butker is ready next Sunday or not, will not make Matt Amadola's job any safe. When you don't trust your kicker to make a 42 yard field goal and instead would let Tommy Townsend throw a pass on fourth and 10. Not fourth and one or two, not fourth and five, fourth and ten. An objectively difficult distance for anybody to get, let alone a kicker, you know, or like a punter in this case in Tommy Townsend. So Matt Amendola is very, very, very high on the list of, you know, guys who lost as a result of this game. I think the winner is Nick Bolton. You'd mentioned it earlier. We had said going into the season, and sometimes you can hype somebody up too much or bring them up too much, but we had said there's a pretty good chance that Nick Bolton might be a top three inside linebacker in the NFL, and I think it's fairly obvious he is. Even today, he did something he hadn't done his entire rookie season, rush the passer and get to him. So if he's going to add the element of you can occasionally send Nick Bolton after the quarterback too, 
then all the other stuff he does is gravy. Because he's a great tackler. He can defend. He's a great run stopper. He does everything you kind of want. The one thing he had never really done was pass rush in any capacity. And today, he went unblocked. But he got after Matt Ryan and did that too. And when he was in on another sack. So I think that, that Nick Bolton was the big winner. I'm right there with you, Cody. I had Bolton as my winner for obvious reasons. Um, my mm. loser. My loser is the local CBS affiliate. I spent <laughs> I spent the first hour of that game trying to find this game anywhere I could to watch. Uh, it's not on CBS because apparently local news and motocross is more important during football season. The Chargers had the later game. Why are you still showing a football game during football season? It makes zero sense. I then Googled everything. I was trying to find a way to watch it on Twitter. I'd subscribe to NFL Plus. I subscribed to... Paramount Plus, CBS Plus, couldn't find it anywhere. I found it on NFL Plus, just the radio broadcast. So that's like so watching listen a game to blind. Listen to Mitch, <laughs> love Mitch. Uh, I just like, I'm a visual person. I need to see it. Um, then a friend sent me a link to to watch it. Uh, maybe not the most ethical way. I paid $5 to watch it. I don't know it. anything about that. I, nope. I don't know anything about that. I'm not going to okay. name any names. Do what you got to do. Um, <laughs> it... it literally closed out every four minutes. So I had to then re go back in and enter information every four minutes for the rest of the game. I've yeah. never had a least enjoyable experience watching and a then, football game. And, and then, then they lose. And then in addition to that, CBS's actual game broadcast was garbage. It was all like glitchy yeah, and weird terrible. colored. And <laughs> just like, it was weird looking. Like, I don't know. It was like they were doing it as like marinette, like blurry marinettes. That's what the whole game looked like. I don't know what the hell was going on there. It was so bizarre. That was brutal. Needless to say, I'm over this weekend. We're going to put it behind us. Moving ahead. All right. Do we feel good? Do we do we get everything out that we needed to? Do we feel it's a cathartic better? for now? Um, okay. I, no. Talk to me on Wednesday. It's like, okay, yeah. they lost. I'm mad. I'll be mad now. But by Wednesday, I'll talk myself into why it'll all fix. You know, somebody will, somebody will have to be positive on Wednesday. I tend to be the person to be like, it's not over. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not dissociative, angry guy on Twitter, but I'm like, they have real problems. Somebody on Wednesday, Nick, you, Kayla, somebody come with the like, no, they'll be fine. Everything will be fixed in a month. <laughs> well, I tweeted today that I'm quitting football. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Between wow. Missouri and the Chiefs, I can't blame you. It was tough. <laughs> well, we will see the Chiefs back in action on Sunday Night Football next week at the Bucks. Hopefully some things change this week. Um, that is going to do it for us today. I am Kayla Canaram. That is Cody Tapp. That is Nick Schwert. Stay strong. Chiefs Kingdom will be back with you on Wednesday. Have a good one, everyone.